Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Dads and non-dads, welcome back to dads. Just a couple (laughs) of buds talking about dads and parenting. This is what listeners need, Ruthie. Listeners need this. It's true, and I'm a non-dad. Hey, brother. (laughs) Why is America attracted to grisly voices when it comes, like, hey, everybody, you can relate to me. It's like the most unrelatable voice. Yeah, (laughs) we sound like a political (laughs) podcast now, like, here's what's happening in the state of the world. You want to know what's going on? You got to come on down to Dad's, the podcast. And And folks, that's who we are. If you're just joining us, I'm the person who says if you're just joining us way too soon in the in the episode. <laughs> We're less than two minutes in. I'm all right. And if you're, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Dads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, welcome to Dads, the podcast where it's really inclusive. You know, we want to talk to people who are dads, who are not dads, or thinking That's right. about becoming dads. <laughs> That's right. And kind of just trailing off what Ruthie just said, if you're just joining us, uh, we're, this is Dads, the podcast. We're talking about dads and not dads and parenting. <laughs> You just say that over and yeah, over no one, again. Yeah, it just loops yeah. until the guest <laughs> magically appears. Right. <laughs> if you're just joining us. And you guys are uh, joining us for a an incredible guest. One that has inspired me as a comedian and even got me into stand-up comedy to begin my career back in 2004. The legend from Mr. Show, David Cross. This is great. Yeah, this is one of my favorite episodes. It was really great to talk to somebody who's such a like comedic legend, but then also has like real serious thoughtfulness put into all things parenting and being a father, which is very awesome. down to earth, very, very real, earth. very raw, yeah. very yeah. naked. He was naked. A lot he, of people don't know that we do these on Zoom. Yeah, it's true. And so when you listen to this episode. Uh, know that he's naked the whole time. Well, and he is a never nude. So he's a never nude. Yeah. Uh, so, but we just saw chest up, yeah. no shirt, and Ruthie and I were professionals. We didn't bring it up one time. Didn't say one thing. That's that's yep. how respectful we are uh, with our yeah. guests. And I, I got to say, this is one of my one of my favorite guests that we've had so far. It's absolutely incredible that we got to speak with him, and we hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, David Cross. Thanks for coming on. Where are you, are you in Brooklyn? I am. Yes. Oh, awesome. cool. 
What part? Perfect. Uh, Clinton Hill. Oh, cool. That's a great area. Yeah, I love it. I love Ruthie, it. quit yeah. lying like you know exactly. That was I so. I do. That's what anyone would say. <laughs> I do. I mean, I might be sitting in Los Feliz like an entitled Los Angeles girl, but uh, I do love Brooklyn very much. Yeah. Um, How's it going there with uh, with COVID and everything? Have you guys been in the city the COVID's whole time? COVID's doing great. Uh, yes, yeah, I figured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I heard it's over with, right? You just take a pill and it's gone now, right? Yeah. Um, in many ways, in a relative sense, my wife and I were very, very lucky because of where we live and how we live and the fact that our daughter is just, I mean, she was just, she had just turned three when this mm. started. I have so many friends with older kids, and it really feels like from about age six to early teens, it's really difficult in, in so many ways. I mean, she doesn't have to deal with, you know, online classes. It's not like she had a, a whole social circle and tons of friends. So I think we got quite lucky in that her age was kind of the sweet spot for, yeah, for totally. this to happen, I guess. Like, I don't have kids, but my friends with kids who are younger, like, feel like they're being punished because right. things are being taken away. They don't understand why they can't they're go to their They're being punished pals. because people voted for Trump. Yeah. Yes. Oh, God. Yeah. They're paying the price. <laughs> I know. The they're children. paying the price. It's so sad. I guess in terms of, with her not being as social at that age, perhaps, do you find, like, oh, we're you're running out of ideas on stuff to do in the house or outside of the house where she's like, I don't want to fucking color <laughs> yeah. again. I can't yeah. touch another crayon. She can be very occupied with magnet tiles and some cars and excavators. She's way into that stuff. But a lot of it is about uh, nature. And like this mm. last week, she got completely into bumblebees and honeybees and learning the difference between bees and what bees do and stuff. And, and she can hang out by uh, like a bush and some flowers for <laughs> hours and she loves she sounds it sounds so and rad that's we're, yeah we're again i think that's part of the very lucky sweet spot i think if she yeah. was a little older we'd be having a real tough time Fuck this bush you know? she's like yeah. i can't <laughs> yeah. i cannot yeah. look at this anymore <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no but she's still she's still fascinated by everything and she's still you know, the world is a big place and our house is a big place and mm -hmm. the stoop is a big place. And yeah. um, we're very close to uh, Prospect Park. Yeah. And um, yeah, Ruthie. I know well. R Ruthie yeah, knows. Well. Very Ruthie, yeah, how many steps yeah. would you say they <laughs> um, are? From I would Prospect. say probably from David's stoop, it's probably 50, 60 steps. No. Um, but, you know, we, we can go to the park. It's a 10 minute walk. And, and then she's fascinated along the way in, in ways that adults would just not see the, the wonderment, you know, that you yeah. would in the 12 blocks it takes to get there. For me personally, I find that not being able to go on the road and not really having anything in production right now, it's kind of given me this opportunity to be at home with my daughter. And it almost feels cliche to say this now because every single stand-up I talk to has younger kids. It's like, yeah, it's actually kind of a great time. Yeah, yeah. Out, outside of five weeks where I shot a movie in Oregon uh, or Oregon, uh, they get really upset if you say Oregon. Um, <laughs> last year. It almost made think, me upset. I know. I was like, oh, my God, is that the way you say it? I was like, I, this interview's over. I can't yeah. in Oregon. <laughs> anyway, uh, I mean, I've been with that. Uh, I've been with that kid since she was born more than I would guess 90 
8% of American fathers get to be with their kids. I mean, she, when I went on tour two years ago and, you know, she and her mom were on the tour bus and we oh, had a, that's the a best. nanny that's so and cool. in the back, we had a pack and play, you know, yeah. uh, drilled into the back and the monitors set up. And, you know, outside of a couple of weeks in Europe, uh, she was with me the entire tour when I had to go to LA and do arrested when she was very young, she was there for that. And that's a, most of her life by far that I've been there. That's great. I'm tremendously jealous of that. Yeah, I love that because I think probably so many performers, comedians and musicians feel like they can't have a family or they don't want to have a family because being on the road is such a thing to do and such an experience. And then I love hearing that. And I hope family like, is a real buzzkill. Why don't you just say it? <laughs> yeah, you it's no. tough. I mean, I, I was only, <laughs> I only got some strange, maybe 10, 20 times that I can remember. Yeah. Um, and it does, it's a big thing. Cause then you have to invent this whole reason why you have to get a hotel and they have to stay on the bus. It's, yeah. it's a whole <laughs> thing. <laughs> no, I just think it's yeah. cool. It like can help inspire like other performers who feel like they might, not be able to do that thing, you know, like you could, I just always liked the idea of, I don't know, like, like a couple years ago, I went and saw the band Phoenix at the Hollywood Bowl. And then like afterwards, we ended up in an Uber line with like all their wives and all their children. Hmm. And my friend, one of my friends knew one of them. And I thought, that's so rad. Like I grew up in a world where it was like parents separated from the kids, you know, it's like very much like the kids can't know what's going on. Like, well, half and half of my family, but like, well, I went and saw the band Hollywood bowl in Phoenix and and (laughs) it was a very similar situation. Same night. Uh, Same night. Yeah. I had a private plane. There's probably a lot of comics. I I think to that end, what you're kind of saying, um, Ruthie, that, you know, comedians, it's not necessarily such a consistent paycheck for so long. Right. You know, that maybe some comics, when you finally sort of get that job security or you finally know that you can book a certain number of, of weekends a year or a tour or whatever, that's finally maybe a, around the time that you feel some sort of comfortability for having a, a family and speaking to, like, other younger comics. And that's yeah. who I like to speak I mean, for. I, I'm past the... Uh, I did it for a long time, but yeah. I'm past the the real rigors and and grueling yeah. uh, aspect of touring. I have a tour bus and I'm playing comfortable theaters, and I you know we have a nice hotel and uh, yeah. I'm at that level now, so it's a, a lot easier for me to do than five guys in a van <laughs> yeah. bringing their families with them, you know, all on the bus, <laughs> just know. ten people on the yeah. bus. <laughs> Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. You started fairly young, right? When you started stand-up? Yeah. 
that wasn't in uh, in Georgia, was it? it well, I, yes, I started um, I started doing like open mic nights and stuff like that, and it was just before my literally the week before my 18th birthday, and within a year and change, I was starting to get opening work in yeah. Augusta and Charleston and, you know, various places in the South. And then I moved to Boston. I took a year off from high school. Uh, no, I took a year off, I'm sorry, in between high school and, uh, and, and college. That's a cool high school. It's a like, very so new age high school you went yeah. to. <laughs> um, just did stand-up uh, and worked at Domino's and Pizza Hut. And can I, I ask? Was, was I, was that a, I, I was a spy. Yeah. I was a spy. I was a spy. I was a spy for Little Caesars. Yeah. Um, uh, no, I, I, I can't remember which came first. I, I was fired from one, so it was either yeah. Pizza Hut or Domino's. Spy then I for anyway. Little Caesars. Um, That's the movie I want to see. But then I then I really kind of cut my teeth and found my voice in Boston. Took a little yeah. while, but that's where I really, really, really started to stand up, yeah. and it became my the thing that I did. Did you, yeah. when you, did, was there someone you emulated that, that you looked up to that when you got on stage, you kind of felt like uh, that you, you were doing there? Because it's such a common yeah. thing with, with stand ups. I mean, I was, I was, if you saw me, it was very much uh, Dom DeLuise, uh, Hughes, and, <laughs> and the interstitial bits from Hee Haw. Um, yeah, you really did cut your teeth. That's, that's the way yeah. to cut your teeth right there. Yeah. Emulating DeLuise. Um, in the beginning, <laughs> I was very, I was a huge Andy Kaufman fan. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Steve Martin and Stephen Wright. And uh, I, I, they weren't necessarily my favorite comics, but they were the ones I, the first, I'd say, gosh, like almost two years of stand up is very dry. It wasn't me. I mean, it was, uh, I was clearly. You know, it was a way to feel comfortable by kind of not being myself, almost like a, a character in a sense, where it was yeah. very kind of dry, I wouldn't say monotone delivery, but there wasn't a lot of energy or there wasn't a big cadence to it. or um, And there was some bizarre, surreal shit that wasn't funny, but was just weird. Yeah. And yeah. you would, you could in you know 1982 that flew a little bit more i mean if you saw it now you'd be like get the fuck out of here you know but, yeah. <laughs> but in 1982 in in sandy springs georgia you could sort of you you did stand out a little bit for yeah. sure but then when i got to boston it, it took me a little while but then i really started to find my voice and and comfort level and and, yeah. and my peers helped me with that as well too you're it's so strange to tell you this because you're you're that person for me when i i started in 2004 and i had heard uh shut up you fucking baby Oh, wow. It was after that, and then I think the DVD that you had put out where I was like, I want to have this fun. Because I've looked back at my early early tape stuff from 2004, where if anyone saw that, they would be like, you sound like David Cross is doing an impression of you. Like, you're him, but he's doing your jokes. That's cool. That's very flattering. And, uh, it's nice to hear. I do wonder if you... If you maybe hear that more with like the the whole world of of Mr. Show, if you're constantly when you meet you know comics who are like, I saw Mr. Show and that put me on oh. this track to do this. I, I mean, it must yeah. happen all the time. Oh, for sure, yeah. Especially with Mr. Show, yeah. That was I think in part because you know Bob and I had a fairly uh, a strict kind of ethos and ideas about what a show 
how it should be and how it should look. We had, we had certain rules, like we didn't really want to repeat characters. We didn't want to do, um, specific, uh, impressions of real people, but just make a, you know, take that person and make them a general, uh, you know, representative of that type of person. Um, and I think a lot of those, um, ideas we had really helped to not make it feel dated. Like if you look at SNL, uh, sketches from that period of time, it feels dated, you know, yeah. you know, that was always in the forefront of our minds. That was just kind of a general rule we had and it all helped for the overall feeling of the show. I wonder if your daughter at some point when someone's like your parents weren't famous and yet you hear your daughter is with this, these famous parents and this dad who's done, you know, something like Mr. Show. If at some point in her life, some people are like, like oh shit! I saw I saw your dad's show <laughs> yeah. from. That, that's no, that's not going to be happening. What's going to be happening is oh the guy who won't let me watch uh, Bubble Guppies nine <laughs> yeah. times in a row. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, where's your hero now? All right. Yeah, <laughs> um, he's a dick off camera. Yeah. He's not yeah. the same guy. No, it's <laughs> it's gonna be the weird thing is you know I've done a ton of kids movies, lots yeah. I did. Yeah. Three, um, Alvin and the Chipmunks. I am in Kung Fu Panda. I'm in uh, Megamind. I'm in Curious George. I'm, you know, all these kids things that she'll encounter along the way. Um, And it would be great when she's older and in context can see Mr. Show. And uh, she'll never hear my stand-up. Absolutely not. Um, (laughs) That was my... That's what I was going to... Absolutely I was going to question if it was like, and this is what I talk about on stage and how. (laughs) Well, there's... I was talking about this with a friend of mine. He was talking... He has a 13-year-old daughter and about having the drug talk with her. Yeah. Because, you know, New York City, you know, things are a little... Move a little quicker here. And, you know, he was talk about what that was going to sound like and what it would be and how awkward. And, and I, and I was, I said like, there's video and audio of me talking about doing heroin. I mean, I don't know, you know, how I'm going to go. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Did you think you'd be a dad? Was that ever, was there, and I say that because from having listened to your comedy, there was a point where I was like, like oh I don't think I don't think he would be uh, a dad but then when I became one I was like oh I see how the switch can turn pretty easily. I mean I definitely wanted uh, I thought about it and I liked the idea of it simultaneously for the most part I didn't imagine being married or being in that kind of long term monogamous relationship and if you're going to do that you want to do that and then you've been thinking about having a kid then yeah you have a kid and um, yeah. It suits me. I, I, I like it a lot. I, I had specific issues because of my experience growing up with my dad, a uh, real fear. And I've talked to my sister about this too, who expressed the same thing and real fear. Like what if there's this genetic thing that, you know, makes me a shitty dad? My dad was, was a shitty dad. And that was a real fear I had. But, uh, that kid is awesome. I, if nothing else, I she's provided plenty of material, and you know how valuable that is, Rory. Um, Just five new minutes. That's all yeah, I care about. That's yeah. all I need yeah. five. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's great. She she makes me laugh, and she see the 
good parts far outweigh the bad parts. And, and I'm shocked at how quickly it goes and how all the cliches are true. Literally every dumb cliche you've ever seen, you know, <laughs> needle pointed on somebody's uh, wall. They're all true. They, all of them are true. And uh, it's hard for me to look at her and, re- and wow, a year, less than a year and a half ago, you had like 12 words. And now we're having entire conversations. That was like a year and a half ago where I, where I was like, I wonder if she's ever going to talk. Isn't this, she's, she's a little late to this communication thing and I don't know what's going on and maybe she should see somebody. And um, it's really hard to remember that, even though it was yeah. very real at the time. Like, and I have kind of a little photo memories and video memories in my head, uh, but it just seems like so long ago. Um, yeah. yeah. And I know that this time, you know, all the conversations we're having now, a year from now, we're going to seem like distant memories in a way because you yeah. have evolved exponentially. That's probably the the coolest part of it, you know. Yeah. She'll learn manipulation. It, yeah, oh, she's, oh, she's there. She's there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I saw her live for the first time uh, two weeks ago. <laughs> I watched her. I, I was telling my wife about this. We were. I asked uh, Stacy or, or Danny. I was like, "Did Stacy give you a bath today?" And she's because she didn't want to take a bath. And she said, yes. And I suspected that she didn't. And I was like, really? And I knew kind of that she didn't. And I was watching her for the first time. Yeah. Watching her eyes and watching her think about lying. And then, you know, going, so if I, if I text Stacy right now and ask her if she gave you a bath, she'd say she gave you a bath? Yeah. So if I text her right now. And, you know, like, and just watching her try and getting uncomfortable and kind of squirming and kicking the pillow. I wish she was bit. like, no, no, no. Stacy's still on the train. It's not <laughs> yeah. worth texting yeah, yeah. now. She doesn't get any service She's out there, of service Dad. right yeah. now, yeah. Dad. Come yeah. on. It, uh, but it was, it was really interesting. That was the first time I watched her lie. Is it strangely know? prideful? Like yeah. when my daughter lied for the first time, I was like, you know, maybe you will be able to survive in this crazy mixed up world. <laughs> I was just thrilled that she didn't want to take a bath. Yeah. Um, <laughs> good. Primal. Get, good. Yeah. Let's get back to basics. Primal. Good. Yeah. I'm not trying to wash hair tonight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That sounds yeah. good to me. And then you yeah. dolly up with these perfumes. Yeah. My, my daughter just today, she her friend, they snuck into the kitchen. I was like in the living room and I kind of saw it happen. And then I saw them go back out and I had already told her she couldn't have any more jars which out of mm-hmm. context that sounds bizarre but I was like I said no more jars they snuck in and then she comes darting back out and she's going down the hallway and I go hey come here come here and she wasn't coming right away mm-hmm. and so then she goes oh hey and I go I go what's that I say come here and you go put the thing down I was like so that when you come back it's you don't have it on you and she's like no and she had this bag and I go what's in that bag and she goes, just my stuff. <laughs> this, this, is, this is maybe my favorite part about being a dad. Uh, I go, what's in that bag? And she goes, my stuff. And I go, open it. Open it and show me the bag. <laughs> and I don't know if you've ever interrogated a child, but when she opened her her play purse, essentially, mm-hmm. she had five marbles and two pieces of paper that she had scribbled meaningless lines onto. And I was like, all right, well, good. I'm glad that that's what's in there instead of, you know, one of those tiny jars. Now scram. Get out of here. Yeah. But her friend was watching me the whole time like, oh, wow, your dad's really 
He's like, your dad's like a cop <laughs> right now. Hard like, yeah. Down. <laughs> you Defund your dad, man. Yeah. <laughs> like. It's it's scary because I see her go, all right, so when I sneak in, I know she's already put into her brain, okay, my dad <laughs> spots me when I sneak in like that, so maybe if I just casually walk in the kitchen, it won't look so suspicious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the the manipulation is is terrifying. And the, the funniest thing, though, is when you're trying to discipline them, and you're being harsh and you're being, you know, you're using a certain tone and, and look at me, look at me. I want you to understand and tell me what that means when you say you understand what is, and you're, you're yeah. disciplining them, but they're making you laugh at the same time. And you can't, you have to stifle these laughs because they're just funny little kids and you have to yeah. appear stern <laughs> and you can't like right. laugh in their face while you're disciplining yeah. them. Uh, because they end up saying something so funny, and your your mind is spinning like, oh, "I got to remember tell that to Amber. That's great. Like, I got to write, write this down. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, yeah. right. This yeah. be part of the five minutes. The discipline aspect of it, I feel like people don't tell you much about. It's not like this talked about thing. I feel like it's all everyone's well, broken you, up into two camps. You can't punch them more than once, or you really yeah. do you hear them. <laughs> I hear a lot of that. As I now know. Yeah, it's basically that. I grew up in Greenville, South Carolina, so I was definitely, <laughs> I was 100% yeah. spanked. I have a joke about how my family can't fully understand how me and my wife don't spank our daughter, and I do this whole thing about just communication, but it mm. is learning how to do that communication, thinking about the slipping up, like the constant, like, is that traumatic? Did I just say something traumatic? Because yeah. I, I fucking go crazy. I'm a basket case. And my wife will have to be like, uh, Rory, she's four. She has no yeah. comprehension of what you're talking about. Right. I, I, do you find it like that? Are you like, I mean, I don't know if you ever like fly off the handle or something really happens if you... Uh, I haven't had that yet. I've, I've never ever had the impulse to spank her and yeah. and I grew up I had the I had the belt and the wooden spoon which sounds like so barbaric now <laughs> yeah. when you think about it right like no no those were his two toys he yeah. had a belt oh, right, and a right, wooden right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's what I used to use to spank my parents they were yeah. very weak they were yeah. very weak um no my my dad had the yeah. belt and my mom had the wooden spoon and um I can't say that it was anything my wife and I talked about where we're like, we're not going to spank our kids. I think it was just unspoken. Um, I've had a couple times where I have just gotten fed up and I pick her up, you know, quickly and I go, you're getting a timeout. You know, I've done that (laughs) a few times. I mean, the most like violent thing I've done is, is grab the iPad and shut it off and go, that's it, you're done. You know, you don't talk to me like that. (laughs) That's the modern day belt. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I, but I, it's, I've never had that impulse. It's never been a thing that I had to think about. Like I want to hit her. I'm going to hit her. No, I'm not going to, I'm not going to spank her. I feel like people just think that's just the way they're like, well, I was spanked. So that's what you do. And that's how you discipline. And then you're you're like, well, no, you can actually just communicate and talk. And then, yeah. And then you get, I mean, you get people that are like, well, that's not effective. And I'm like, it's actually very effective. It, uh, it's made me wonder what the spanking thing even is. And I know it's so heavily debated and people get fired up about spanking kids. Come on, let's be honest. It's that adult getting out their aggression and yeah. they're yeah. pissed off and their frustration. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. It's not yeah. about disciplining. It's about going, I've had enough. You don't talk to me like that. And boom, 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 boom. Yeah. 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 That's like, really what it is. 
I was kidding. We do. Yeah. We do <laughs> spank. Do. I was trying to rope yeah. you into it. We do spank <laughs> our kid a lot, and it's fun, and we do it because it's fun. When she's do you have others spank your kid? I mean, in COVID, in a time of COVID, you're trying to make money, so you do what you yeah. can. So we, sure, sure, the sure, spanking sure, sure. emporium. Oh, people pay. People pay you. <laughs> yeah, people yeah. pay us to come. You to hire. House, so. uh, I see. I see. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Well, no, David, I'm curious because... So my parents divorced when I was young and... Um, I'm so sorry to hear that. I know. You know I'm just no, no, she's, my she, whole loves life. she loves it. Um, so. I do. It's my crutch. Um, <laughs> no, but um, but I, I had heard previously you had said that you and your sister were talking about if you had that shitty dad gene. But I think you also talked about like at some point in something I read that um, you were afraid that like you would abandon your kid as well. That's what I mean by a shitty right? dad. Like right. meaning... Yeah. When I say shitty dad, he wasn't a, he didn't like abuse us physically. He, he wasn't an alcoholic. Um, but he was, you know, he's a, he's kind of a damaged person. He's a a pathological liar. He's very, I'm not, I'm not, I don't mean this to elicit laughter or anything, but he's very Mm -hmm. Trumpian. He is a victim. He's never wrong. He's never, I lived in a different place every year, born in Atlanta, moved to Florida when I was one, lived three places there, lived two places in Connecticut, lived three places in New York, and then yeah. came down to back to another place in Georgia when I was nine. He saw us as uh, just kind of unwanted impediments to his fun. Was he really young when you guys were born? He was 27, yeah. uh, I think. Are you the, are you the oldest? Yes, I'm the oldest, and yeah. then I have two younger sisters. Yeah. yeah. And do you talk to your dad now? Is he? No, I have not talked yeah. to him since I was 19. All right. Yeah. Well, this is going to blow your mind, but uh, <laughs> yeah. we've got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, yeah. Uh, oh my God. This would be the worst prank Zoom ever. And it pops up on a Zoom even harder <laughs> yeah. to pull off than yeah. the in person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rory pays you those big compliments, and it's like, and then we've got your dad here. Anyways, <laughs> I'm, I love patching things up. Yeah. Here we go. That's oh why it's God. called dads. <laughs> <laughs> Do your sisters talk to him or? Uh, well, my youngest sister, you know, she barely knows him anyway. He was, yeah. he, he was gone when she was five, four and a half, five. And he like, you know, would occasionally check in and he was a deadbeat dad. And from when I was old enough to get, get out of my dad worship and see things clearly and, and learn more and more. And my, both uh, my sister, Wendy and I did learn more and more from other people, from relatives, from people we used to, you know, who were neighbors. And, and then we were able to piece things together uh, as well. 
way worse than we even imagined. Uh, and he was having affairs all over the place. He, it was just bad. He occasionally would try to kind of insert himself in, in and he lives in New York. Uh, and I've been in New York for t- uh, 20 years now. And yeah. I know that I've ridden my bike by the area where he lives uh, a number of times, just on happenstance. Uh, I don't know exactly where he lives, but I know from a cousin. And occasionally you'll talk to my sister, Wendy, and she and I are very, very close. But it's all always be once every three years. And then it's really about seeing if there's any way he can get any money from me. You know, oh, that's really yeah. what it ends up being. Um, I'm saddened that my daughter won't know her grandfather but i'm also happy because you know he's just not a good person to be around or emulate or and i also don't want to reward him in any way shape or form you know uh, for his consistent abandonment it's like he did it multiple times (laughs) in multiple different ways i think dad worship is a yeah, that, like just that. when you That's said dad worship, I was like, oh, that really nails it for so oh. many people. I had it. I had, you know. Well, yeah. Until I was a about common 13, thing. 14, I went out to Phoenix, Arizona to live with him. He had no job. He had lied to my mom. Uh, and I don't want to digress into like, you know, nine different stories. But how old are you at this time? 13. Summer, yeah. I was 13, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Um, and I went out there. It was a big deal just to scrape up uh, a plane ticket. And my mom yeah. was, and I left my my mom and my two sisters. And was that your first time flying alone? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And first time it's being west of the Mississippi, and first time just being away from my family. And he lived in a motel that had been. I've never seen this before or since, but it was a that very kind of classic. Uh, two-story, two-level motel. It was like an apartment. So they were called these, it was like Geronimo Court and, right. you know, right. Cherokee right. Nation Lane. Right. And it was just uh-huh. yeah. shitty. <laughs> but it was just a, this is in Scottsdale, Arizona. So desert life. He had no job and he knew a guy who did vending machines and, and uh, like filled vending machines. This guy, Taki, I remember. And uh, for a number of meals, we had a big thing of tin of Boston baked beans, the candy, and he had this chocolate powder. And so that was, that was several (laughs) meals we had. Oh my Um, God. And I'm, I know that he was fucking the alcoholic wife of the guy who had these like five or six units. I know that. And, uh, like, like cartoon character, Moo moo, overweight, bleach blonde, beehivey type hair. <laughs> they give me like five bucks to go get cigarettes, and I have like a um, a note. My mom first was left with a, a mountain of debt. She had no real skills and three kids on her own. Yeah, yeah. And my dad's just fucking school teachers in Phoenix yeah. and staying out and drinking, and it was crazy. They couldn't make a movie about your life because that movie has like <laughs> exists. I think you, I there's a part of me that thinks you just lied about all of this, and all you did was repeat an actual movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, to that point, like, has any of that stuff? Have you done any projects like that reflect or that's influenced by, or you want to? No, or? some point I'll write a big, you know, memoir thing, and that'll yeah. all be in there. How did you work out those? Did you ever go to therapy or like was doing comedy therapy for you to work this? Because you seem 
really well adjusted to have had a shitty dad and then well, also to become a dad too. So I think a lot of times men don't want to have a kid because they had that same experience and they fear they might, you know, as you said, like be that person, you know. You know, I think it's a it's a mixture of some therapy and some and certainly stand up and being in the business I'm in and I get yeah. to create and I'm a honest to a fault and I think that's something I mean to an annoying degree and I think that's something that my dad was so dishonest that it's part of why I really have a problem with uh, a lot of politicians that, you know, mm-hmm. even exaggeration I have a problem with. But um, definitely stand-up helps and, and yeah. the kind of stand-up that I do helps as well. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, and now I'm in a, a really good position. I got a, a good, smart, supportive wife and I have yeah. a, a, an awesome kid and very supportive in-laws and my family and uh you know she's got a great support system i I remember talking to bob odenberg uh like i i'm living in my dream house i'm in a townhouse in brooklyn and it's kind of a dream i've had for a long time and i have it and i have a kid awesome kid got a great wife healthy relationship and um and i also like a lot of people kind of suffer from depression that ebbs and flows Mm -hmm. and it sometimes it's harder to stave off sometimes it's easier to stave off but it's there and it it has been since I was a kid and I and trust me I know as I say this that it doesn't work this way but I was like I have nothing to complain about I mean I've got I mean I'm starting right now from a great place I I worked my ass off and uh, I, I don't feel like I don't deserve any of this but I think about it uh, hourly, how lucky I am. And I have to be careful about not letting any of this stuff get put on my daughter. You know, I want her yeah. to have the cleanest slate possible. You know, if I'm going through my shit, then I need to step away uh, and just tell, you know, Amber, like, I just need a minute here because I'm not in a good place. And, you yeah. know, when we we're, we can help each other with that. And, uh, and I do need I do need to go back to a therapist. It would be helpful. My wife and I went to a couples therapist, and we stopped going because I I told my wife I felt like the therapist was on her team, and she was yeah. like, "You are. This is exactly why we need to, <laughs> to go." <You're> right. <laughs> yeah. and I was like, "Oh, so you can see your teammate," and then uh-huh. we just stopped. <laughs> Yeah, we yeah. stop going. Um, David, I yeah. gotta, I gotta say, thank you yeah, so much thanks. for doing this, and thank oh, you for pleasure. for yeah. opening up like that. Our yeah, our absolutely. show is, you know, it's called Dads, and sometimes we don't even talk so much uh, about dads or or who our dads are being dads, but we definitely appreciate you kind of giving us both versions of your youth and and yeah. how you are. Have you uh, thought about doing a show called Dads and Grads and kind of uh, bringing in we, like a different audience? Look, we can't add another EP to this thing, David. Okay. We are we are filled up. We cannot okay. add grads. <laughs> um, cool. That's right. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, thank, thank you so, you so much, much for for doing this. Uh, yeah, and for absolutely. Being on the show. My pleasure. We man. love it. Now that's. A dad, <laughs> David Cross, folks. D- you read the read the trades. You're not going to get much better than than that conversation we just had with David Cross. It's already nominated for several awards. That's true. Uh, if you can follow David on Twitter at David Cross with three S's. Thanks for listening to Dads. We've got another show next week. 
Dads, the podcast is produced by Jen Samples, Nick Liao, and me, Ruthie Wyatt. Our executive producers are Joanna Solitaroff, Adam Sachs, and Jeff Ross. Engineering by Will Becton and Anya Jeshik. Our theme song is by Strange Hotels with additional music by John Danik. Special thanks to Sean Doherty. That's right, folks. You can stay up to date on all things dads by following me on Twitter at Rory Scoville. And much like my role as a father, I very recently brought this podcast into the world. So please rate and review it so that this podcast can grow into a well-adjusted adult. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.